Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. What is happening, Recovery Finos? For episode 80, I got to start off with a disclaimer. Okay, we're just going to just straight right off the bat, disclaimer. Today, we're going to talk about what, Doc? Medications. To avoid in recovery. No, we're not talking about that part, just medications. Oh. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. So medications Medica- to avoid in recovery. Yep, absolutely. We're gonna talk so the disclaimer is this. Check it out, everybody. This is our opinion, right? Like, mm. so I'm... You know, a clinical counselor, substance use disorder counselor. Dr. Sellers is a board certified addiction medicine doctor. These are our opinions. However, there's some guidelines that we're kind of going off of. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? We're really smart. <laughs> but the doppel ones that you sent me last night. That's not it. It's not that we're really smart. No. Well, I mean, you're really smart. I don't think you guys are smart enough to forget your sponsors already. (laughs) No, no, we're going to get to the sponsorship before we get into all this. Our sponsors forgot us. (laughs) Okay. All right. It's getting, it's getting sideways now. Before we get into all that episode 80 part one is brought to us by steps recovery centers where they are ready to help you or a loved one get help. As soon as you're ready to reach out, reach out to them by giving them a call at 801-800-8142. You can also Check them out online by going to stepsrc.com. You can live chat. And again, like I say every week, give them a call. Even if if you're, you have questions about the insurance, you're just trying to find a place to get into, uh, they network and, and work with a lot of different treatment centers. So give them a call. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast, Steps. Yeah, thanks, Steps. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to walk my statement backwards a little bit. Steps has never forgotten us. Steps has always been yeah, solid. Steps is a good sponsor. For we got us. a little bit of a we resentment like with... The Hilton. Oh, we're okay. <laughs> okay, but you got checked in last night. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You you just, we'll talk about the Hilton. You in the just next sip a little, a little bit, bit more of that Dr. Pepper and get a little peppy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a hard time in the mornings, Doc? Oh, I hate mornings. <laughs> I hate mornings. All right. Well, listen. All, all while he's sipping that Dr. Pepper, let us let me kind of bring some things out. We have a couple events coming up in the community. So if you're here locally in Utah. Check out We Are One Recovery. They are doing an expo up in Ogden at the Monarch Thursday, May 19th from 5 to 9. They got, I know uh, Casey Scott is emceeing it. They've got a couple really good speakers. Um, so, yeah, check them out. We also have Swackna coming up at the Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah. That's going to be the weekend of June 9th through 11th. So a couple couple cool things going on in recovery in the recovery community. Get out, right? Isn't that part of being in recovery? Yeah. Let me hit you with another one that we don't we haven't talked about, but it's a little early. Okay. But um, uh, the Sobriety Foundation has their annual speakeasy coming up in October. I believe the date is October eighth, but I'll look that up and make sure and report that in the second segment. But uh, that's a fun event. You went last year, right? Yeah, I went. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, there's right. a theme. You dress up. Yeah, it's kind of fun. A, a delicious dinner. Great food. This year, this year they got a. I'm not sure who the musical artist is, but Todd Sylvester is going to be. Todd Sylvester is going to be one of our keynote yeah. speakers. Absolutely. Yeah. So that'll so be that'll good. Be, that'll be way cool. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It yeah. always is, but I think it'll be really fun. Have you heard of what what we're planning on doing for 2023? We had a uh, we had a. Uh, Sobriety Foundation board meeting Tuesday night. Cool. It was one of the big topics. Cool. Yeah. 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 Recovery concert 2023. Yeah. It's going to benefit Sobriety Foundation, but it's basically going to be uh, all put together by Jared Jared L. Miller. I made up his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not L. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, that'll be fun, man. I'm just excited to, to, to do like a recovery concert yeah, here in Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. So... Cool. Well, let's jump into our topic today. Medications to avoid in recovery. Obviously. We're not jumping into topics. I'm not ready. Well, it's you episode got, you're gonna 80. To, you're going to have to sip that that Dr. Pepper a little quicker. I'm, here, I'm excited. I'm just not ready. Okay. All it's right. episode 80. I think that's kind of cool. So where do you want to start? Milestone right there. That is. You, you can lead in if you want. That is. That's a, that's a really good milestone. You can lead in. Let me start with this because this is where you're uh, from your disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I was given early on in recovery, uh, I was seeing 
a psychiatrist up at the University of Utah. Her name is Beth Howell. Beth Howell is um, famous and smart, both. both. She, she was the president of the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which is a big deal. And uh, I was seeing her because the, the Division of Professional Licensing wanted me to see her. And one of our visits, she handed me a sheet of paper which said medications to avoid in recovery. Mm. Okay. And so um, I, I read through that, obviously, and then completely ignored it for the most part. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so this is why I mentioned the, the disclaimer is because um, I, I actually disagree with a few of them of what of the meds she handed me. Now, she's smarter than me. There's okay. just no question in my mind. Like that's not I'm not trying to be humble. She's the pre she was the president of the American Society of Addiction Medicine. I'm a member. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair right. enough. And so uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different medications here, and some of them I disagree with a little bit. So I think the thing to keep in mind is whether it, a lot of people get tripped up when they think that prescription medications somehow are safe because they come from a doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's okay. how a lot of uh, a great people's- point. A great place to start. Yeah, addictions get started, right? Right. And so if we're in recovery, the last thing we want is for something to jump out of the weeds and bite us that mm -hmm. we, we don't see coming. Mm -hmm. That's the point of kind of today's episode. Trying to point a few things out. And listen, it's getting crazy out there. It's getting pretty serious. You know, I, <clears throat> I don't follow too many other podcasts and people just because I want to make sure ours is original and make sure I'm not duplicating what other people are saying. Sure. But Coach Blue, this morning I saw him on a go live and he's talking about how fentanyl is just tearing it up right yeah, now. For sure. I mean, right now it's the number one killer between ages 18 and 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year there was a hundred, 107,000 people that, that passed from an overdose. Correct. It's just, it's which crazy. Is, which is a number. We've talked about that number before. That number was stuck right around 70,000 for about four years. It was like 70,000, 72, 73, 71. And then suddenly with the, with the pandemic, we've shot up over after being stuck at 70 basically right the same number for four straight years all of a sudden we're 30,000 since 1999 higher. there's been over a million deaths Ugh. just in the United yeah. States alone yeah. from an overdose now that's not all just opiates but just some drug related overdose but it's a lot of opiates and more recently fentanyl's been the what well, one of the stats that stood out from last year's overdose deaths was the the giant increase in the number of deaths from uh, overdosing on meth Hmm. People don't really overdose on meth. Right, it's, it's cut with fentanyl. Oh, and so sometimes they'll attribute that death to a to a uh, methamphetamine death when in fact it's a fentanyl death. Yeah, it's just crazy. So shout out to Coach Blue. I appreciate you. I, you know, he's he's very educated. I love what he does with the community with addict athlete. Phenomenal dude. So so I'm not duplicating you, but I'm I'm echoing his message. We got to do something. Yeah. I mean, it's grown by 15 to 30 percent year over year. Crazy. It's just at what point are we gonna, you know what I mean? Like say enough's enough and really yeah. come yeah. together and try to do something about it. Let me. Can I start with a a direction uh, or a, a couple of concepts I think we need to understand before we go into this? Yeah, let's do it. So here's how medications work and, and, and drugs, uh, chemicals. A for a chemical to be psychoactive, it has to be able to enter into your brain. Okay? There is a thing called the blood-brain barrier. barrier yeah. Things can't cross over that if they're a certain size. Okay, So a drug to be psychoactive has to be able to cross over that blood-brain barrier. Not all things can. Decent-sized molecules have a much harder time, and smaller molecules can cross into the brain. So they have to cross have to cross that blood brain barrier, and then once they do, it gets into the brain, and there has to be a receptor for that medication in the brain. If there if there is no receptor for it, it can't do anything. It can't right, it make can't something happen. It can't, right, right. It can't be psychoactive. So you've got to have a, a receptor for that, and then that molecule or that that molecule or atom or whatever it is that has crossed into the brain has to bind to that receptor, and when it does that, then things can happen, mm -hmm. okay? So there have to be specific receptors that it can bind to. Once a molecule binds to a receptor, it has the potential to do one of two things, one of several things, a combination. It can turn that receptor on, 
Which is an agonist. That's what we call an agonist. Yep. Right? So if it's a... um, So there are uh, several different opiate receptors. There's a mu, there's a kappa, there's a delta opiate receptor. And the mu receptors mediate pain. So if a molecule can bind to a mu opiate receptor and turn it on, it will decrease pain. There's... A mole- there's a such thing as molecules that could bind to that receptor and not turn them on at all. What are those called? Antagonists. If it doesn't turn it on, it's an antagonist. That's right. Right? It doesn't do anything. It's it's a another sort of more layman's term would be a blocker. Right. Right. Yeah. So if it it's a goes, goalkeeper. Right. It goes in and binds up that receptor but doesn't turn it on, which means nothing happens. That means that's one less receptor available to bind to what it's really supposed to bind to, which would be an agonist, mm-hmm. right? And then finally, there are things called, there is a thing called a partial agonist. A partial agonist will go in and bind to that receptor in the brain. And it will turn it on, but it will not turn it on as much as a full agonist. Right. So there's a little bit of a reaction, but not a full-blown Absolutely. Yep. There's some reaction. So if we take, for example, let's talk about opiates for a second. If you take a full opiate agonist. Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Let's just do a pill. Heroin. Let's do a pill for me. Okay. Percocet. Percocet. You take a Percocet. There's There are molecules in that Percocet, oxycodone, that, that cross the blood-brain barrier, go in, bind to mu opiate receptors, and turn them on. Goal! But... A property of a full agonist is if one Percocet, and I liked it, by the way, I think. <laughs> I just picture, listen, with, all, the, sci- with all the scientific stuff, I picture like this, this like soccer game, right? Like this World Cup soccer game. Yeah. And like the molecules, the ball, you right. know what I mean? And the transporters, the player, right. and it's it's trying to, you know, it's crossing the halfway line, the blood brain barrier, and it's trying to shoot and trying to score into the goal. So yeah. sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. If it, if it finds the goal, it's a, I mean, if it finds the net, Boom, there's the that's psychoactive a, that's effect. That's an agonist. Yep. Okay. So so if one Percocet does something, two Percocet does twice as much. For sure. That's what that's a property of full agonists. That is not necessarily the property of a partial agonist, though. If one does something. So a partial agonist that we are that we know, we Suboxone. in recovery know is buprenorphine which is the active medicine in the active molecule in Suboxone. Mm-hmm. Buprenorphine goes into the brain, binds to a mu opiate receptor and turns it part of the way on. Tickles it a little bit. So it it does some benefit. Mu, uh, buprenorphine can provide pain relief. It can also provide some euphoria. Mm-hmm. But one buprenorphine Two buprenorphine does not cause twice the effect that one buprenorphine does. It okay. might cause one, it causes more effect, but not twice as much. Right, right. And then for a partial agonist, there's a ceiling effect. So up for, for buprenorphine, for example, up to 32 milligrams, you still get benefit. But if you take 40 milligrams, you get nothing more than you did when you took 32 milligrams. Okay. So the, the, the dose response, there's a such thing as a dose response graph where a dose response graph of a full agonist is, is a straight 45 degree line on an XY graph. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you take two, two's the dose, your response is twice as much as one. Whereas the dose response graph in a partial agonist goes up slower than 45 degrees and then levels off. Okay. This is boring as all get out, but it's necessary to understand. <laughs> it's kinda, not boring. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, okay. Maybe, but it's, it's, it's important to understand what happens in the brain with, with chemicals that are psychoactive. Especially when it comes to understanding the medications to avoid, because you may have, you, they may have similar effects in the brain. Okay. For right. example, alcohol. The equivalent, the prescription equivalent of alcohol is what, Doc? Well, the um, when you say prescription equivalent, there is a molecule, there are molecules that bind to alcohol receptors. Right, but, okay. I'm, I'm trying to, okay. Are you headed towards if somebody's an Yes, if yeah, somebody's an alcoholic because, and they go in and they're trying to stop drinking alcohol right. and they tell their doctor, hey, Doc, I'm having mad, mad anxiety and you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. If they per, if they prescribe them benzos, that's that's it's the same thing. It's hitting the same receptors in the brain. Benzos bind to the exact same receptors that alcohol does. So if you're not aware of that, you, you have the chance of cross addicting. 
Sure. And um, and therefore, uh, for alcoholics particularly, although benzos are always dangerous for anyone that is in recovery, benzos are, you can easily get addicted to benzos. Um, benzos bind to the same receptor alcohol does. Even though it might feel a little different to your body, your brain thinks you're still drinking if you're right. taking a if you're right. taking an Ativan. So benzos are the common ones are Ativan, Clonopin, Xanax, um, Valium. Those are kind of the uh, Librium we use actually for alcohol detox because right. it goes into the brain, binds to the same receptor. Um, and then we taper it slowly. So the concept of a detox in alcohol is if you stop abruptly, you could have a seizure. So what we do is we take the pill form of alcohol, like you said, right. say a Valium or a Librium or something, give it to the patient and then slowly decrease the amount we give to them so that rather than quitting abruptly, they're quitting kind so, of in, on a taper. Fashion. So let's kind of dive just straight into it. So some of the ones definitely that are obvious to avoid is like pain medication, right? If you're sure. a heroin addict and you're prescribed Percocet, it's, 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 the same thing. Sure. If you're an alcoholic, the obvious one is benzodiazepines. Sure. Right. What are some other obvious ones? Like if, if you're addicted to methamphetamines, you you definitely don't want to go in and, you know, get loaded up on a bunch of Adderall. Okay. So uh, uh, the, the case, those examples are really true, but they're more true for the, 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 they're, they're true for everybody. Not just like, it's not just methamphetamine addicts that should avoid Adderall. All addicts should avoid, should avoid these substances. Right. Yeah, because yeah. so these are called controlled substances. These are medications you have to have a hard copy of a prescription for. Uh, actually, a few of them can be called in. But for the most part, you have to have a hard copy of a prescription. A lot of times they can't be called in over the phone. Um, and they'll have that if you've ever seen it there. The, the insignia for controlled substance is a little C with a Roman numeral inside it. So a C2 is a controlled substance level two, basically class two. Um, and the lower the number, the more addictive they are. Yeah. Yeah. So like schedule one's more addictive. Schedule two is a little less schedule three and it goes right. all the way to schedule five. five. Yep. yep. Two through five. One. Well, there's one through five. You're right. Yeah. One is all illegal. Like yeah. uh, you can't write a prescription cocaine. for one. Right. I can't write you a prescription for cocaine. Well, right. I could, but. Uh, so what are some of the other ones? Heroin. Yeah. All uh, the illicit drugs. Right. 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 Yep. So. And then as e even in class two, that's when the opiates really come in. Like even marijuana on a federal level. schedule one. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, so those are kind of some of the obvious ones. Are there some that are not so obvious? Well, first I'm going to go. I want to go back a little bit. Sorry. Okay. I, oh, you're okay. Yeah, I'm a little scattered this morning because I'm tired, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm having a good time. One of the things I think that we need to know about the addictive substances is they all share some things in common. The one thing, and I've talked about this on the podcast a number of times, all addictive substances go into the brain and bind to receptors in the brain in several areas, and they cause several different types of reactions. One of them is all addictive substances cause the midbrain to release dopamine. Mm -hmm. Dopamine is that feel good chemical that whatever you do in your life that feels fantastic, it's because dopamine was released from your midbrain when you were doing that activity. Okay. So that's all addictive substances release dopamine. Don't they also release norepinephrine? They can. Not right. all of them, but some do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then the second thing is another hallmark of addictive medicines is you can develop tolerance to all addictive medications. And the tolerance is that phenomenon where if you, um, you know, if you take X amount of a drug for six months, at the end of that six months, the, the amount that you took six months ago isn't working as well because you've started to develop tolerance to it. And physical dependency. That happens. And physical dependency is another yep. sort of hallmark. All of those things you can become dependent upon. Yeah. And that happens because of those same receptors I was talking about. Your brain, when it gets bombarded by a certain chemical, if it just keeps seeing that chemical over and over and over, does a process, and this is really only for addictive chemicals, does a process called downregulation, where it stops making so many receptors for that substance. Because the brain's constantly trying, the body's constantly 
brain, body, same thing. It's yep. constantly trying to achieve homeostasis. Right. It wants right? everything to be stable and the same. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So what happens in the brain is you keep dumping all these massive amounts of, of dopamine. They're getting these huge dopamine spikes. And so it's going to raise that level up, increase tolerance. But then what happens when you don't have it? Right. That's a long drop from the top. Right. One of the important things that people need to know is our brains were not built for that much dopamine. For the amount of dopamine released by fentanyl, our brains were not built to handle that. And that's what causes the hijacking. That causes the hijacking, and that's why our brains downregulate, because it knows that's not good. That much dopamine is not a good thing, because guess what? I mean, you see what happens when people release that much dopamine for a sure. long time. Sure. So your brain's trying to keep you alive. Yeah. So, okay. Now I've gotten... I think most of the science out that I wanted to get out. Now Which let's talk I think about is some important. medications. I think it's important because you all the time we listen, most of the time we have people come on here and they tell their stories of recovery. And a big theme is, is cross addiction, right? I got strung out on pain pills. I switched over to heroin. I tried coming off the heroin. And so I started using cocaine or methamphetamines to get off the heroin and yada, yada. And it goes like this, right? And what's funny to me is when people have like multiple clean dates, right? They're like, I've been off meth for six years and I've been off alcohol for four and I've been off opiates for two. And it's like, it's all the same stuff. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. So that it's just to understand, just to understand for the people that don't really get it, maybe it's all the same. That final common pathway of releasing dopamine in the midbrain is the same for every one of the drugs. So you're right. You and I on this podcast have heard this multiple times, but also if you go, if you just go outside and talk to people who have had addiction problems, you'll hear this story. You know, I was using meth to get off a of heroin. Right. Right. That, okay. Now you're a meth addict. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Good job. Now, what are you going to use to get off the meth heroin? Well, listen, I we mean, got, we got about three minutes left here. And before we get into maybe some of the more uncommon ones or ones that you wouldn't always think of, I, I, I want to get your opinion on something because you know, we've done a, a medication assisted treatment episode before. Right. However, working in the industry, we both work in, in recovery, right? Treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, a big controversy is this, is the suboxone and the subutex thing. Sure. You know, like, like, because it does have that partial agonist. Yeah, absolutely. So it does activate the brain a little bit. It does for sure. So, so where do you sit on that scale, doc? Oh, you know, that's a personal opinion. So that, sure. that's something I want to, I want, you already did the disclaimer, but this is a very <laughs> personal opinion yeah. because the general, um, the, the powers that be in the treatment industry all want us to be really pro suboxone, right? I'm not anti suboxone. I don't think I might, I might be under, I might be underestimating myself, but I, I I'm not anti suboxone. I just don't think it's for every single opiate addict ever. And that's Valid. kind of the push is from, from the government, from the FDA, from the, you know, from the office of national drug control policy, from, from those bodies, they all kind of want us to have, see an opiate addict and put them all on Suboxone and essentially for a very long time, if not the rest of their lives. Mm. So I don't take Suboxone, right? I've, I'm an opiate addict. That's mm -hmm. all I did really was opiates. And I have never taken Suboxone and my life is better because of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't spend money on that mad. I don't have to go see a doctor every month. I don't have to count my Suboxone when it's time to go out of town to make sure I'm not going to run out when I'm in Tahiti. I'm, I never right. go, I've never been to Tahiti, but only every other weekend. Yeah. Right. In my, <laughs> in my mind. But here's the thing. It has its place. It has its place. Absolutely. It like a, it's a great when, place. If, it, it is way better than heroin. Right. And exactly. if heroin addicts can't stay clean, they should be on Suboxone. Yeah, I, I think if somebody comes in and it's their first time in treatment and they haven't tried doing it just, you know, the, the natural way that it was intended to happen, uh, they should try it that way without without the mat. Now, listen, it's when you're talking exactly about your fourth or fifth or sixth right. t guy coming through, right. You've been to needs, treatment seven times he now. He doesn't need more time and inpatient. Right. He needs outpatient and he needs some kind of mat. He needs to, you know, figure out how to get his life back together with something that's going to take away the cravings and the urge to repeatedly repeatedly use right am i is this yeah sounding, no we've seen opinion. we've seen those guys i know we're really short on time but we've seen those guys i've treated a guy who was in his 19th treatment episode mm. that guy doesn't need more treatment he can teach the classes that they're going right, to teach him in right. treatment right he needs to do something different than what he's done in the past and if that includes suboxone then so be it it should include suboxone i'm not downing anybody on suboxone 
Yeah, it's no, a great medication, absolutely. and it's very helpful for a lot of people. As long as you're taking it as prescribed. Yep, but if you could possibly not take it, you'd be better off, I think. Stay with Ultimately. us for episode 80, part two. We're going to come back right after this little 30-second uh, sponsorship mention from Steps Recovery Centers. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. This is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. This is our second segment. Uh, Everyone knows by now, if you've listened, our second segment is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. The Hilton Garden Inn is, uh, I stay almost every time I come down. It's, I love it. It's wonderful. Uh, if you're traveling through Southern Utah, give them a Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn and give them a call. They'll take really good care of you. That's the, that's the one thing they definitely do is they take good care of me. So, and they're booming. Yeah. They're, Business is booming. There, no, it's no question. It's hard, to, problem get, for hard us. to get rooms in the Hilton Garden Inn <laughs> these days, which is a great problem. And I'm going to say it's all because of our advertising Absolutely the, it on is. this podcast. We, um, but they're good. They've, they've been really good to me. And so give them a shot. That's a good hotel. Yeah. We have another sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Episode 80, part two is also brought to us by Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. There's a stigma out there. Be a part of overcoming that stigma. Go to Recovery Strong. Click on their gear tab. They have some really cool hoodies. I'm rocking one of their hats today on this episode. Uh, they have some T-shirts. Really cool stuff. So let's show Recovery Strong some love. Go to their their website. If you type in We Do Recover 15, it saves you 15% off when you check out. Thank you guys for both establishments for sponsoring this podcast yeah beautiful they help yeah. us do this so that's nice you know what we forgot um yes i do what do we forget sean you got a little uh thing it's like uh jesus finally told my dad he's good enough and good. <laughs> we forgot new and good forgot new and good so to start us off doc what's new and good uh new and good I don't, it's we're coming up on on golf tournament season. Oh yeah, yeah, I love the golf tournament season. So I'm, I've got a tournament next weekend down here. So that's fun. I'm coming down with John Red, who's going to be on our podcast, and and Ryan Brown, who's also going to be on our podcast. In the future, the dates don't line up for next week. We'll talk about that though. But yeah, yeah, we absolutely look forward. Are to we it. not doing a podcast next week? Uh, well, t- not Thursday to be night? announced. Okay. To be announced. Great. Sorry. I didn't mean so, to bring up some controversy. Funny. No, you're fine. Funny story. I went golfing with Dr. Sellers and he pointed out that I was either using a female set of clubs or a junior <laughs> set of clubs because There's my clubs guy. were short. You should see this picture. This guy, it's, right. If you guys know both of us, you should see this guy, Jared Miller, who's like, you know, way wider than me. He's not taller than me, but he's definitely thicker than me. And uh, he's got this little tiny set of clubs that look like, I mean, it's a cartoon almost that he's swinging <laughs> these things. And uh, Jared doesn't play a lot of golf, so he wasn't. <laughs> There's a club right there for you. Uh, a left-handed putter. A left-handed putter. Very nice. So, yeah, I got that, I got oh, that set. Putter. I got that set when I was... In college, as like a college graduation That's gift. Nice. Apparently, mom and dad didn't know what, what size to get me. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have to get Jared hooked up with a better set of clubs. <laughs> but, Let's hear from Sean. Uh, okay, so that's new and good. It's golf season. Sean, what's new and good? Okay, I got to show you this. I'm going to, let's see. I, I want to show you my club because my club's really cool. So go over here. 
Apparently, the golf is the thing today. You gotta back up just a little bit. Yeah. I think that way. Yeah. Yes. It's a it's a weird sort of reverse putter. <laughs> like you hold like you hold it sort of normally, but then the club goes down and the club face sticks off of the left side of the club what rather is than the going right on side. Here? It's a backwards it's called putter. Flip flop. It's got a flip flop. I found that at a flea market for two bucks. That's it's like hilarious. the greatest putter ever. That's hilarious. That is, that is hilarious. I used to play office golf at my last last job, and so <laughs> I needed a putter, so I found one. And it, it's just it's backwards. You hold it, and you're like, oh, it's left-handed. No, it's not left-handed. It's just yeah. Well, that was my first thought. You gave it to me, and I'm like, hey, what do you give me a left-handed putter for? <laughs> so when you guys talk about golf, I I can participate. There you go. He's guys. Hey, playing. what else is new and good? You got any buddy over there that's new and good? Oh yeah, this guy. Where's let's see if I can turn this around. Uh, where is it? There's Max. Say hi, Max. What's up, everybody? Good to be here today. Appreciate it. We got Max in the studio. Yeah. Max is going to be working at the radio station and going to be helping out with podcasts over the summer. Yeah. So we might actually be able to keep a a regular schedule thanks to Max. Yeah. So when I leave town, hopefully Max will take over, right? Yeah. Right? Let's get Max Max, just for a sec. Let's get Max on the the mix just for a sec. So tell us a little bit about yourself here, Max. You look like a beast, dude. Pretty (laughs) pretty big guy. Max is a large dude. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm a um, I'm a current student here at Dixie State. I'm on the football team here. Play defensive tackle, um, and that's you know really enjoying my time here and just trying to break into the media business. Can you know I want to end up having a podcast like you guys doing different things. So Sweet. I'm excited for for what's what the future holds. Where I you, love it. Where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Houston, Texas, but okay. grew up in in Logan, Utah, since I was about eight okay. years old. Yeah. Okay. I like Houston. That's a fun place. It is. Max yeah. is about to become a staple on this thing while Sean's gone. So. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good that we introduced you, bro. I yes, sir. No, it. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Great listening to you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right. If we you got don't Max, listen, Max, we're gonna have some more of Max as this this season rolls on. If you so. don't listen to this podcast, we're gonna send Max after you. Yeah. Back that's right. You. Right. Because he looks that's like right. he can do some damage. If you guys don't give us enough likes. Max is gonna show up at your door, <laughs> and he's a defensive tackle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. It means yeah. he's quick and strong. So. I can do a little bit of damage sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if you're a quarterback, you can do some damage. Yeah, but uh, what's doing good, Jared? New and good for me. Let's see. So next weekend, I'm I won't be here. Okay. I'm going on a fishing trip with my family. So every year, uh, like my cousins and uncles and brothers, we all get together and and do a Jason Miller annual fishing trip. Just kind of a, in memory of your brother. Yeah, yeah, my brother that, cool. that passed away from a accidental overdose. So, so I'm excited for that. That's gonna be super fun. Uh, it's always good to get together. Like we got like a trophy for the biggest fish. We got That's like fun oh stuff. yeah, it's it, it's a hoot. We it's fun when we all get together. I got a brand new rod and reel. I'm telling you, this year I'm taking home the trophy. It's wow. coming. We're going to Pingwich Lake. Wow. Oh yeah. Listen, I know you're a golfer. I'm a fisher. I love fishing. Yeah. Fisherman. Yeah. I like it. Yep. You know that you, that reminds me of a story, and I know we got some drugs to get to, but that reminds me of a story, and I, maybe I've told this to you on here, but. Eric Clapton? No you know idea. who he is? No. Sean, do you know who Eric Clapton is, please? Wait, wait. Jared, did you just say you don't know who Eric Clapton is? Right. I don't. Right. Okay, I just took away all your new and goods. You, you don't get to do that anymore. <laughs> Thank what, you, Sean. You don't Sean. know who Eric Clapton is? Clapton is. <laughs> wow. Well, there's a. Wait, wait, wait. Max, you know who Eric Clapton is? I do not know oh, who Eric Clapton oh, is. My bad, guys. Man, listen, we don't Sean. we don't keep up with you Sean, old let's, folks. Yeah, let's sorry. Kick, let, let, let's kick these guys out. <laughs> let's have a real can we podcast. Just get to who, we can who the heck Eric Clapton is? Eric Clapton is, is uh, a very, very famous, probably one of the best guitarists yeah. alive. Yeah. Top 10? There's mm-hmm. a for sure top 10. Maybe even number one, but for sure in the top 10. Clapton, there's an old saying, Clapton is God. Somebody wrote that on the side of a building once, and it's kind of stuck. Clapton is it's great. He's been in a number of different groups. and uh, But Clapton is in recovery, and he started a uh, treatment center down in, shoot, I want to say Turks and Caicos, but someplace in some Caribbean island. Wow. Some sort called Crossroads. He also has an album called Crossroads and a song called Crossroads, but... Uh, anyway, Clapton was... Do you think Crossroads was a staple in his life? I think so. <laughs> Cla- Clapton was getting high. His two-year-old son fell out of a second-story window and died. <sighs> and that wasn't enough to get him clean and sober. That was not his rock bottom. Mm. He was walking along, going fishing one day. 
This is where the story came from. And he was high. And because he was high, he tripped and broke his brand new fishing rod. Yep. And that was his rock bottom. He said, nope, not doing this anymore. I'm going to have to get clean and sober because I can't stand that I broke my fishing rod. That's an interesting story. It takes what it takes. Yeah. Right? Well, I think it's a and it's a, a compilation of things, right? Like it's it's got to be... The buildup of right, the time's got to be right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's get let's get on to medications. So we've kind of pointed out the most obvious ones. Yeah. Sure. We've, we've got the controlled substance. Yes. Anything yes. that's addictive, you should avoid at all costs. It doesn't mean you science- can't take them. You should avoid them at if yes. at all possible. Listen, you probably can't have your gallbladder removed without a few pain pills. Yeah. And in part one, we got pretty scientific. I think Max is working on all the cross referencing charts and, you yeah, know, we sure. got, we got all that stuff that we're going to, I'm yeah. sure implement. Good. So let's get down to kind of some of the ones that maybe aren't so obvious. We've hit on the obvious ones, right? The one-to-one ratios. Good. Some may say class A. Right. What's in like class B? Okay. So my, my least favorite medication of all time is gabapentin. And anyone who knows me knows that. Why? There's a, there's a lot of reasons and I'm going to give them to you, but, um, but gabapentin is, uh, commonly prescribed to addicts by doctors, even knowing that those patients are, are addicts. Now, what is so it So that shows gabapentin? you a tremendous lack of knowledge about addiction from the general doctor. Right. Right. And where you're board certified in addiction medicine, you know, these things, right. I've got some knowledge because this is all I do. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know much about this back when I was delivering babies. I mean, I, I I wasn't an expert on addiction by any chance. Right. But so it's it's a commonly used medication. It's prescribed for a lot of things, some of which it's not even FDA approved for. It's prescribed for anxiety. It really works for peripheral nerve pain. People prescribe it for sleep. They prescribe it for a whole bunch of things. Mm. Gabapentins bind to a couple of different receptors, a gabapentinoid receptor and a mu opiate receptor, actually. So it has some effects like an opiate. Okay. So it gives you a little bit of a euphoric feeling. Gives you, it can give you euphoria for Psychoactive sure. Psychoactive is what we're calling yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it can do that. The, here's why I hate gabapentin. There were studies that there's three, there's three things about gabapentin that make it that I hate. The first is 11 states have already called it a controlled substance. Now, the national FDA has not called it a controlled substance yet, but it will. But there's 11 states where it's already a controlled substance. You have to go through all, jump through all the hoops that you do for every other controlled right. substance. He- to heavily get a regulated. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, Utah, interestingly enough, about a year ago, started following it. There's a thing called the Controlled Substance Database in the state of Utah, where every every prescription you pick up from a pharmacy that's a controlled substance gets put into this database. And I can go later, like if I wanted to look you up and see what controlled substances you've taken, All I could them. go do that as a doctor. Okay. Now I have to, I actually have to, I can't just do it on random people. That's illegal. You can't use it for that purpose. You do it for patients. Right. They have to be your patient or you're considering having them be. Your Otherwise patient. it's a violation of HIPAA. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, Utah started following gabapentin on that controlled substance database about a year ago. Okay. So they're on the way to making it. There's 13 states that are really seriously considering it. If all 13 say yes, now you're up to 24 states that are already calling it a controlled substance. So we're a year or two away from it being a controlled substance in Utah. So let's say hypothetically, I'm a dude in recovery. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not hypothetical, but this next (laughs) part is, uh, I, I, I have like, he's high. (laughs) No, Unfortunately, uh, just kidding. No. Is this so real, I have, is this the real place to joke like that? Yes. I'm just wondering. <laughs> as, as a normie out here, I'm like, can you make those jokes? Uh, yeah, that's yes, like, right. Because the further away you get from it, if you don't laugh about it, you're going to cry about it. Yeah. Because of all the devastation that it caused in our lives, it's probably we probably shouldn't be cracking those jokes. Well, that's, that's true. It's it, but let's get it, let's get to it. So it's not a bad point. I have I have restless legs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it prescribed for that. Go to a doctor. Yeah. That's one of the things that they they and could prescribe. They might prescribe you gabapentin. Sure. So what would you prescribe instead? Like what's a good medication if you're having restless legs or some type of pain that is nerve pain? So always go to always go to FDA approved substances for that those particular conditions. Because the truth is gabapentin is not FDA approved for restless legs. It's used. And we use meds off label all the time. Mm-hmm. Um that are not FDA approved for what we're using them for. But 
So ropinerol is a medication that's specifically for restless legs. It's not addictive in any sense of the word, and it works for restless legs just fine. If you're talking about pain, like leg pain, which is another thing gabapentin is prescribed for, peripheral nerve pain, you could use an anti-inflammatory. Mm. Uh, something, something like ibuprofen, but stronger. They make stronger things than that. Uh, so there's a bunch of options out there. The biggest thing is just be careful with gabapentin because so, it does have some psychoactive effects that could tickle that monster and re re release your addiction. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of a point that that I'd really like to make is that there, your job is to be smarter about addiction. If you're a, if you're a recovering addict, your job is to be smarter about addiction than your doctor. I love that. Because yeah, you, even if he doesn't know, you got to know. Because if they don't know, they might prescribe you gabapentin. And I'm telling you today, and I'm going to tell you another reason why in just a second, but it's addictive. It's an addictive substance. Your doctor might not know that, but you need to. Yeah, and you need to be responsible for what you're putting into right, your body. Right. Yeah, don't absolutely. just blindly listen to everything a doctor tells you to do because they're not always great at addiction. Right. So yeah. we've, we've experienced that. So two quick other facts about gabapentin. Study done in 2017 where they took opiate addicts coming out of treatment and they split them into two groups. One group was opiate addicts coming out of treatment that were not taking gabapentin and the other group was opiate addicts coming out of treatment that were taking gabapentin. They followed them for three years. Four times as many people in the gabapentin group were dead at the end of that three years mm. compared to the group that weren't taking gabapentin. So what that study says to me and this is my interpretation, but that dead, study dead says an overdose. That's how opiate addicts die, right? Right. Yeah. Overdose. So what that says is gabapentin makes opiate addicts more likely to relapse. Yeah. That's what I got out of that study. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So, and then the four, the other, the last thing I hate about gabapentin is there also was a study in 2017 where they looked at gabapentin and Lyrica, which are both very similar meds and showed that both gabapentin and Lyrica decrease your brain's ability the speed at which it forms new synapses. New synapses are new connections between nerve cells. Okay. Gabapentin slows that process down. I can't afford that. Like you yeah, need. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like for my synapses to be firing pretty, yeah, pretty you, well and You need to form new synapses to form new memories. You need to form new synapses to heal any damage from either physical trauma, even emotional trauma in your brain. You need new synapses to do that. Gabapentin slows that down. I can't afford that. Yeah. All right. What else? Okay. So let's Gabapentin talk about, let's talk about it. some classes of medications now for a second. Okay. Sleeping pills. Okay. There's a bunch of different medications that are used for sleep. And one of the, one of the things I think we ought to pay attention to when we're talking about sleeping pills is motivation. Okay. What do you mean? Why are you taking the sleeping pill? Mm. Okay. Because the truth is some addicts don't sleep very well. And there's an old saying in AA H-A-L-T. Ever heard halt? Yeah. Don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Right. Tired is that last one. Yeah. There's a lot of opiate addicts. There's a lot of addicts, but opiate addicts are notorious for this. They don't sleep very well unless they're high on heroin and they sleep great. Sure. Right? And so if you get out of treatment and you're no longer going to do heroin in your life, but you're still not sleeping, you're more likely to relapse, as that H-A-L-T says. You're more likely to relapse when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If you're not sleeping well, you're tired. So you're more likely to relapse when you're tired. So I think it's really important when, when people are in treatment that are not sleeping well, it's important in treatment that we find something to help them sleep well, something not addictive, but something to help them sleep well, because if they don't sleep well, they're more likely to relapse. So I'm not against all sleeping medications. I take I take a sleeping medication myself. Now so, an actual prescribed medication, because there's stuff out there that's natural, like melatonin. For sure. Right? For sure. Uh, and I think root. most people that are struggling with sleep sh should be on melatonin, because it's basically a supplement. It's very natural. Right. It's totally fine. Our brain's supposed to release melatonin and doesn't always release the same amount. The dangerous one would probably be, uh, let me just guess, like Ambien? So Ambien's a controlled substance, right? Okay. So for sure we should avoid Ambien because it's a controlled substance. Other controlled substances that are sleep meds, though, are things like Lunesta, Belsamra, uh, uh, Sonata, Zaloplon, uh, and then the Ambien you mentioned, those are definite no-nos. 
Like now, they're addictive. They what release dopamine in your midbrain. Oh. They make your midbrain feel like. Now, the way to get the most dopamine from those is you take a sleeping pill, but avoid going to sleep. People try so to stay awake through Ambien so they can get the, the little sure. bit of a buzz. And that's where it comes in where I said, check your motivations. Because frankly, there are a bunch of other sleep meds that are not addictive. Trazodone, for example, which is something I take. Trazodone's not addictive, right? But if I'm taking trazodone in the middle of the day and trying to stay awake and just kind of get into that point where I'm so tired, like I'm, that's something addicts like kind of like that feeling of being like right on the edge and just kind of dozing off and planting their face in their spaghetti and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And um, if, if that's my motivation for taking a sleeping pill, it's bad motivation. You're, yep. you're headed down the relapse path. Yeah, intent, for sure. intent definitely. Yeah, that's important, right? So like, if you're taking a trazodone, going in, laying down, and going to sleep. There is nothing wrong with that, but you got to be careful with sleep pills because we love sleep. And sometimes we love the feeling of being right on the edge of sleep. And if that's what you're going for, that's the wrong motivation. That's an, that's an addicted brain right there. Well, and too, maybe like the point of this episode I was hoping would be for people to listen to it and just gain some knowledge about stuff. Like you were saying, it's your responsibility to know what you're putting into your body. Right. And the last thing anybody wants is to, to have, you know, to wake up that addiction monster and go from taking Ambien to fall asleep to back into their drug of choice. Yep, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Those those things that we use addictively make us more likely to use the thing that we love and use it addictively. It sounds, though, like they're... I mean, you can Google scheduled drugs, right? You absolutely. can Google yes. uh, non-psychoactive medications. Right. So in everything we've talked about, really what it sounds like besides the gabapentin is you just need to pay attention to what classification of drug it is that you're about to take. Yeah. Fair to say. Yes. But the second thing you need to pay attention to is your motivation to take the drug. Yeah. If you're taking it to get right to the edge there where you're just kind of, uh, that's the, that's not the motivation. If your motivation to take a sleeping pill is because you're not sleeping well at night and you're going to take it, you're going to go lay down and get some sleep. Great motivation. Right. But if yeah. your motivation is to take it in the middle of the day and get all woozy and Clearly, you're on the wrong road. Yeah. Okay. Next class, I would say, is cold medications. But it's for some of the same reasons. A lot of cold medications make you pretty tired. Benadryl is in a lot of cold medications, for example. Benadryl is one you got to be a little bit careful with. And again, motivation. Uh, there's alcohol in some cold medications, like uh, the old... NyQuil, you can now get NyQuil without alcohol, but all the old NyQuil used to have alcohol in it. It was 10%. Helped you fall asleep? It was 10%, but it's, listen, have you ever heard of a desperate alcoholic drink, oh, sure. drinking Listerine, which is sure. way less than 10%? Yep. Yeah, so it, it'll do in a pinch if someone's wanting to get a buzz. You got to drink a bunch of it. But. Even if someone doesn't have that intention and they just are trying to take cold medicine because they have a cold. And well, if you're an alcoholic, you, know, you probably don't want to put alcohol in your system. Yeah, it wakes It'll up that. Tickle that brain. Yep, tickles that uh, yep. addiction brain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So cold medicines are one to just be careful with. Be a little bit on the careful side. Sean's got a I, question. I got to jump in here. Yeah. So uh, Family Ties episode years ago, Tom Hanks was the drunk uh, addicted uncle. Do you happen to remember this one? I don't. This is like the one episode. I mean, I know of Family, family ties, ties, but it, I don't it remember this stuck episode. Stuck with me forever. So he was an alcoholic. Okay. Uh, and there's a scene when he's rummaging through the. Uh, he's, he's trying to find alcohol. He's trying to find medicine. He's trying to find. Uh, he downs a whole bottle of vanilla extract. Mm -hmm. And that's just. I mean, you know, thirty years later, it's like burned and seared into my mind. Mm. Just how bad he's like. Just I need something. Right. Right. Vanilla extract. I've heard of it. I've heard so, of people. Do, vanilla extract used to have alcohol in it. Some of it still does, but it's like four percent alcohol. Like that's desperation. Yeah. So like the things that the things that we have seen in treatment is sometimes people using like alcoholics particularly using hairspray. Or hand sanitizer. Or hand sanitizer because they have a tiny bit of alcohol in them. And that's the desperation of the disease. Like that shows you how desperate people can become for yeah. sure. And it shows the mental obsession, right? Because right. they're it's not like we have medications. You know this firsthand. We have medications to help ease them into their recovery. It's yeah. that they can't get over that mental obsession of wanting to feel intoxicated. Absolutely. Scary. Absolutely. Okay. What else? I was just going to say I, the most obvious one that you've talked about to me when you said cold medications is don't some of them have codeine in them? Yeah. They have Isn't to. Isn't that lean these days? It's hard to get. 
Uh, but there are prescription cough syrups with codeine in them for sure. Yeah, so be careful. Be you can't careful. Do, you can't get it over the counter, but there are definitely prescriptions, and we're talking about some prescriptions. Gabapentin's a prescription. Yeah. So yes, uh, you got a bad cough, and it turns out codeine is a cough suppressant. That's probably not your cough suppressant. There's other things that will be helpful. Codeine's a good one, but it's probably not a good one for somebody that has a, a, an opiate addiction with or the, any addiction. With the last minute, just wrap it up. Give advice to somebody. I mean, the topic, medication to avoid in recovery, what would your advice be to somebody if they had questions? Well, the things that we've brought up already. One is educate yourself. Make sure you know what's in the medication so that you can decide if it's for you or not. You're responsible for your own treatment. Right. Don't expect your doctor to know everything about addiction because, frankly, they should, but they don't. Yep. There's a lot of doctors that are naive about it, about uh, addiction. So educate yourself, know what you're putting in your body, and then advocate for yourself. Now, here's a final that's point. That's what I was just going to say. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yep. Here's you know? a final point I think that's really important is the advocating for yourself thing. Um You have got to go in and tell it that, first of all, your doctor should know you're you're in recovery scares a lot of people because a lot of doctors will freak out and I'm not going to give you anything. Got to be transparent. I want to point out taking an antidepressant is totally fine in recovery. Please, people, there's a lot of mental illness in addicts. Please take the medications that your doctor prescribes, but know what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, this is what's great about having a, a board, somebody who's board certified in addiction medicine coming on. I don't know too many other podcasts that can put out this type of information. Thank you guys so much. Please help us share this. Comment, like, share. We'll Thank see you, you next for week. joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.